Welcome to another One for the Road podcast here on Maze and Brew. As always, I'm Anthony Broom, the managing editor over at the site. You know, we want to do these segments in the moment when there's something to react to. And today, Michigan has just that in what has been a, so far, a crazy offseason for coaching changes, for things that have happened to the program. This is one that fans have kind of been waiting for. And there's been a lot of heat hoping that this would be what takes place. Tim Drevno is reportedly out at Michigan. He will be resigning, uh, first reported by the Wolverine Lounge and then by Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports. You know, it's you don't want to trash a guy. But my initial reaction to this is this feels like it will be addition by subtraction. And that's not hating on Tim Drevno. That's not hating on Jim Harbaugh. It didn't work through three years, and I think – it feels like the heat just kind of got to him there. Now, we people ask, why would he resign? Was he fired? It, like I said, it, it feels like a mutual parting of the ways. He did resign. I would not be surprised to see him go to Vanderbilt. Uh, his son, Zach, did just enroll there about a month ago. But yeah, another, another shakeup for Michigan on the coaching staff. Uh, the... the Initial thought is that uh, Jim McElwain will be the new offensive coordinator. Ed Warner, who was hired as an offensive analyst, which is a little weird because he was making two hundred fifty grand a year in that position. That's a lot for. I mean, I don't really. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know exactly what these these analyst positions entail, but two hundred fifty grand is a lot for essentially taking notes, making suggestions, watching some film. So maybe the writing was on the wall then. Uh, But Ed Warner is going to slide uh, in and take the offensive line job. And, you know, I'll talk about why that's that's probably a good move uh, here in a little bit. But, you know, now that it looks like Drevno is out, people got their wish in all of this. You know, let's kind of dial it back and see how did we get here? Uh, Well, before we do that, I'll say this. One of the first questions that people have asked is, what does it mean for Calvin Anderson, the, the grad transfer from Rice? So just before I hit record on this little segment we're doing here, um, our Trevor Woods did catch up. We've been in contact with Calvin, and it, it sounds like he, Jim Harbaugh, called him this morning, and it sounded like, you know, this is, it was explained as a resignation and a mutual parting of the ways. Uh, as far as what it means for, his recruitment, is it going to be Michigan, Texas? I know Oklahoma's in the mix as well. Uh, Anderson said that he hasn't really had enough time to process it yet. Uh, my gut says it's probably not good news for Michigan. But we'll kind of have to wait and see and let this thing play out here. So that's in the aftermath of all this, the two biggest questions. Uh, that's kind of where we stand there. But let's dial it back with Drevno a little bit. How do we get to this point? You know, the offense, that first year under Harbaugh, now this is a guy in Tim Drevno who's kind of followed Jim Harbaugh around and has had success with him at San Diego, at Stanford with the 49ers. So the track record is there. But for whatever reason, it just did not work here and and was not working here. You know, I think they did a pretty good job in that first year with, you know, obviously the Rudock offense, coaching what were... You know, Brady Hoke players. You know, I'm not sure if a guy like Graham Glasgow was in the NFL, if not for Tim Drevno and Jim Harbaugh. 
Mason Cole was good, but you know he he was you know deserves some credit for him playing well up there too. So they deserve some credit for that. Drevno deserves some credit for that. And you know one of the first my first year on sort of the Michigan beat, so to speak, was that first year of the Harbaugh era. When I say that, I mean the first time like I'm at media day, I'm at games, I'm covering events. And Tim Drevno was was one of those guys. I had I did a one on one kind of asked him a few questions and very nice guy, very good guy. I think that gets lost in a lot of this is you know we think that because these coaches stink that they're you know that they're bad human beings too. That's not the case at all. Guy loves football. Guy cared about his job, uh, but it just wasn't working here. And. You know, people like to point to, there are some Drevno defenders out there that will point to, oh, well, you know, in 2016, Michigan averaged almost 40 points a game. But the problem with this offense is what the problem with the offense has been for the last, you know, almost 15 years now. You can't run the ball consistently enough. I mean, it's gotten better under Harbaugh, but you can't run the ball consistently enough. The offensive line when they play these these physical teams like the Wisconsin's of the world, the Ohio States of the world, the Michigan States of the world, they get punched in the mouth and they do not move the football. So I don't care if you roll up 50 points against Hawaii. I don't care if you beat UCF 38 to nothing. What, the, what this staff and, and, and what these guys get graded on is how you perform in big games. And they're one in five against their rivals. And most of that has to do with the offensive line play and the inability to run the football. And Tim Drevno was at the forefront of that. And they did not, he didn't get the job done there. That falls on him. I thought he should have been fired after this season. I'll be completely honest with that. Didn't happen. It kind of took some things to play out. He's ultimately resigning, but I think it was one of those handshake parting of the way things that's what my I don't have the info to back that up but that's what it feels like so why didn't it work I mean the line didn't improve we just established that especially this past season I mean they the the run blocking got better as the year went on but the pass pro was still terrible and even when people say you know oh if we didn't throw in a monsoon we would have beat Michigan State yeah, well, if you if you could block a little better, you probably would have beat him too. So as much for as much blame as the John O'Corns of the world get, the Wilton Spates of the world get, even now, after one bad game, Brandon Peters is suddenly in the doghouse. I think 2017 showed that no matter who was back there at quarterback, you were not set up well to succeed because your offensive line did not perform well, and that falls on Tim Drevno. Now, they brought in some good guys on the recruiting trail. I mean, the, you know, the Ben Bredesens of the world are, you know, Cesar Ruiz, Chuck Filiaga. Those are good prospects, and I expect them to still have good careers at Michigan. In fact, now that Tim Drevno's gone, their best football is most likely ahead of them. But we've seen in recruitments, like, you know, these are just the names off the top of my head, Gene DeLance, Isaiah Wilson, you know, um, 
Slayton, uh, forget what his first name was. You weren't able to close the deal on guys like that. And I do know this for a fact. There were times where Michigan was falling off so bad for some of these recruits that Drevno was on that they had to throw someone else on there. Like a Greg Madison, like a Chris Partridge, like Jim Harbaugh having to come in and clean up on his own. So that's a concern. I mean, I think that, again, I think he's a good guy and, and things like that, but, you know, you don't get graded on being a nice guy. If you were, if being a nice guy allowed you to keep your job, Brady Hoke would still be in Ann Arbor. We need results. This program needs results, and he was not giving them. So he's, he was probably the staff's worst recruiter. Obviously, the one with the position coach with the most heat on him. And despite the fact that this offense is kind of a co-production, I mean, it's a Jim Harbaugh, Pep Hamilton, Tim Drevno, they all kind of had their own hand in play calling. But when your title is offensive coordinator and your offense isn't good, this is what happens. It falls on you. So the other question all this is, should you expect the offensive line to get better? I sort of just hinted at that, but I think these young guys, their best football is, is very much ahead of them. And I think that for two reasons now. Now, the one I felt already, whether it was Drevno or not, and that's the strength and conditioning program. If you guys have followed on social media at all, you know they are they are cranking things up a notch, and that needed to happen across the board, not just on the offensive line, at wide receiver, at running back. You know, you watch you watch that Georgia Alabama national title game, and the reason that there are a, in an infinity amount of guys going to the NFL from the SEC is because they look like NFL guys, because they work out like NFL guys, because they are built like NFL guys. And I think Michigan knows that they need to, they need to step up in that regard. And I think this new system that they have in place, by all accounts, it's, it's paying dividends. So I expect them to be more physically ready on the field in 2018. Now, obviously now that Drevno is gone, the new variable is Ed Warner. Now you look at Ed Warner. You know, this is a guy that at Ohio state, uh, no, he's he's coming on, coming from PJ Flex staff in Minnesota last year. Before then, he was with Ohio State. Now, caught, caught some heat towards the end of his time at Ohio State because he was the offensive coordinator and the offense was not performing well. But he was the offensive line coach there. And when you look at some of the names that he coached, uh, I actually tweeted this out from the main Mason Brew account uh, at Mason Brew. Shout out to that. Some of the names that he coached at OSU that ended up in the league or that will be in the league. Reed Fragel, Jack Muhort, Taylor Decker, Pat Elfline, Billy Price, Jamarco Jones. These are all these are all pretty high-end guys, and they played extremely well at Ohio State. And of all the things, you know, when you look at Michigan and Ohio State when they face off on the field. There's never that much separation. I mean, regardless of if Michigan is five and seven or if they're ten and two or if Ohio State's undefeated, 
both teams have athletes on both sides of the ball, but what is the difference? It's the offensive line. Ohio State's has been very good. So I think Ed Warner, that's a very good hire for them. And I know some people have questions about him as a recruiter. You know what the best thing that helps recruiting is? Is winning football games. Is coaching your players up and just winning games. You win games with that that maize and blue um, helmet on and that block M on your chest. People are going to be interested. Because you can't come to Ann Arbor and walk around those facilities and not imagine yourself at least the possibility of playing there because of the tradition because of i mean the facilities are incredible that new the new weight room that they have uh, i toured that uh, probably a couple months ago now and it's amazing so it's it's impossible to not be attracted to u of m when you get people on campus but it's those other things you gotta win you gotta show progress on the field And when people sit here and are kind of upset about how the 2018 class turned out, well, it's because you didn't play well on the field. You play well on the field this fall, guess what? That 2019 class is going to look a hell of a lot better. So at the end of the day, I mean, to me, I think the slate is clean enough now. The bad taste is, is kind of by the wayside now from 2017 where, you know, you've got some new blood in there. You've got a new strength coach. You've got a new offensive coordinator. You have a new offensive line coach. There's nowhere to go but up from there. And eight and five was not pretty. It was probably, it it wasn't too surprising to me personally. Uh, It was surprising that they did not get, get better from start to finish. And that, that falls on the whole coaching staff. But 8-5 and five was as bad as it could get. I don't think it could get worse than that, and I don't think it will be worse than that moving forward. This coaching staff has a lot of question marks. Jim Harbaugh is under a lot of heat. But I think they've, they've got enough here now to where the excuses are gone. So, again, I'm not, I'm not here to dogpile on Tim Drevno. Enough people are going to do that. But it's addition, it's addition by subtraction, in my opinion. And this needed to happen. Now, Pep Hamilton is probably next up on the, um, the shit list, so to speak. Pardon my French. So we'll see what, what becomes of him this year. But, you know, people ask me, you know, if, if Michigan has a down year in 2018, is this, is this it for Harbaugh? No, I don't think it's it. I think another eight and five or, or nine and four type year probably has your ass on the hot seat. I mean, you, you're you're definitely feeling it, uh, feeling the flames on your buttocks there. But I think 2018 is the make or break year, and 2019 is the you had better get the job done year. So this, there are no more excuses. The excuses are gone. I'm not gonna. I think the problems that they have have been addressed. I think that Jim McElwain, listen, it was bad last year, okay? It was bad with Tim Drevno. And I think anyone they brought in was going to be an upgrade. Even Dan Enos, even 17-day Mr. Flake himself, Dan Enos, would have been an upgrade over Tim Drevno. 
as a coordinator, as a play caller, things like that. But to me, the play of the offensive line has been the biggest cancer of this program for the last 10 years. And I think Drevno being gone opens the door for that cancer to be healed, to be zapped away. So I think people should be optimistic. It's not the it's not a surefire fix. We know there are other problems, but you know, if it's I think the staff is in 20, is in place for 2018 now. I think you should be excited and I think you should be intrigued and you know, it's it's been sort of a quiet off season for Jim Harbaugh personally. It's been a quiet I mean, you're not you're not seeing these wacky stories. I think that's how it needs to be. And that's what we'll continue to see moving forward. So that's about it. All I have to say on that topic, I will say that more podcasts are coming to Mason Brew. Uh, if you want, have a, you know, if, you know, the fifteen minutes is not not enough of scratching that itch of hearing my voice. I have got some stuff coming for you early next week that I think is really cool and that I am extremely excited about. So thank you for for your continued support. Thank you for continuing to follow the site. I've got more goodies on the way for you, I assure you. Uh, subscribe to Maze & Brew Podcasts on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Have these shows sent right to your phone. Have this voice sent right to your phone. So that'll do it for me. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom for your Michigan, uh, your Maze & Brew fix. And also, if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, uh, you know, I can scratch that itch as well. So uh, also at Vikings on 24-7 Sports. So. We'll be talking to you soon, and we'll see what happens.